0: Hello again, everyone, moms and dads, boys and girls, you're on The Chatter. Episode 67, we've got Brad Markham the Greater in the house tonight.
1: Hello. (laughs) He's always yelling at me for not being loud enough, (laughs) so I'm going to
0: be loud. We finally gave him an amplifier on his microphone. (laughs) And Colleen, we're here. Oh, yep. Special guest, Christopher Wendt, and we'll talk to Christopher After we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Remember, O most gracious gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, that that never
2: was it known known,
0: that that anyone who fled to thy thy protection, protection, implored thy help, or sought thy
1: intercession intercession, intercession, was was left left unaided. Inspired Inspired by by this confidence, confidence, I fly fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother.
2: To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful.
3: O Mother, o Mother of, of the Word, Word, incarnate, Word Incarnate, despise, despise not, not my petitions, but, petitions, but, but in, thy thy in Thy mercy hear, hear and answer, me. answer
2: Amen. me. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. It's Amen. a great day. We're talking about the consecration of consecration to Jesus through Mary, using the Saint Louis de Montfort edition. We're in our second consecration, Colleen. We are. We and we'll. Uh, Finish on the Immaculate Conception mm-hmm. December eighth. December
2: eighth. The guy up.
0: who got us all started on this, well, Brad Markham, but also I don't think we'd done this without Christopher Went, Brad.
1: Christopher Went was here in June for our first Friday series out in Platteville and basically lit a spark. We all love Mary here, but he taught us some things and, and lit the fire for us. So Christopher is part of the um, or actually the president founder or co-founder, Christopher, of the Confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima.
3: Christopher.
0: Yes, uh, there he is. Yeah. Uh,
3: good evening. My name is Christopher Wen. I'm the international director of the Confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. I co-founded that with His, His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider of Kazakhstan. He and I both... Um, Uh, Thought that we should really try to start an organization That will live out the call of Fatima and bring about the reign of Mary and so the sole passion and Mission of the confraternity of our lady of Fatima Is to bring about the reign of Mary because it's through the reign of Mary that Jesus intends to build the kingship His his kingdom upon her her queendom her reign or you could say her Empire Mm Mm-hmm And so that's really the the mission of it. And it was started in um, 2020 in uh, the, uh, the spring of 2020. Christopher, I don't think we planned it
0: quite this way, but Colleen, today is a big day.
2: It is the Feast of the Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, not to be confused with the presentation of the child Jesus in the temple, which is the fourth joyful mystery. Correct. I think a lot of people hear the presentation and they think, oh yeah, that's that one mystery with Simeon and but no, this is when Mary was three three and a half years old and she was presented in the temple. so that's today's feast.
0: Why don't we bring everybody up to speed as best we can on that that feast day. Colleen, you open up here because this is
2: Well I was, was reading this morning in the life of Mary a seen by the mystics about the presentation. And so if you're familiar with this book, these are visions that um, Venerable Anne Catherine Emmerich and Venerable Mary of Agreda had, also St. Bridget of Sweden and uh, St. Elizabeth of Schonau. So different saints had different visions um, and were told different things about the life of Mary as well as the life of our Lord. But that's where this comes from. So I read in chapel this morning about the presentation of Mary. And I really found it Kind of fascinating. It's not that long, but I'm not going to read the five pages, but just a couple highlights.
0: Give us the inside baseball.
2: Just a couple highlights that I thought was interesting. So this um, chapter four says that Mary was three and a half years old when she was presented in the temple. That's pretty young. And that one day, three old priests came from Nazareth to give her an examination to see if she was ready to be presented in the temple. And they were very happy with her answers. And the oldest priest said to her, In consecrating you to God, your father and mother promised that you would give up wine, vinegar, grapes, and figs. What other sacrifice do you wish freely to add to those? So here's what Mary said she wanted to also add onto that.
0: at, At three and a half? At
2: three and a half, right? Um. Mary said she decided to give up fish and meat and milk and all fruits except berries. Also, she wished to sleep on the floor and to get up and pray three times every night. Wow.
1: At three years old. At three
2: and So a half. what's left to eat
1: at that point? <laughs> Sawdust
2: or something. Yeah. I'm not sure what she could eat. but the
3: Bread priest. about
2: it. Huh? The priest, and sometimes it can get discouraging when you think, man, I'm so far from that. Right? I mean, I warm up my car before I get in it in case it's a little chilly. I'm just, like, bad at sacrificing. But, you know, some of the things that the saints do are for admiration and not imitation. But the fact that she was ready to give up all those things, um, St. Joachim said, now, my child, that's too much. Her father said, no, that's too much. So then the priest insisted that she should only pray once during the night. And that she should eat her eat fish on the feast days, the great feast days. So they kind of moderated, but you can tell at such a young age, her zeal wow. for wanting to make sacrifices. Well, you know
1: the nightly prayer too. Alphonsus Liguori relates in the Glories of Mary. Now I don't know if it's when she was three at the presentation, but she continued that practice throughout her life. And she would she was the greatest theologian that ever lived. You know the Mother of God, and she would wake up in the middle of the night and pray to be a handmaid of the chosen immaculate mother of god she Mm -hmm. knew it was the time of the messiah and Mm -hmm. she wanted to be the handmaid and when the angel greeted her it's all humility she's i'm not worthy of that Mm -hmm. even though she's the most worthy there is Mm -hmm.
2: well it's funny you say that because in this chapter it says that um you know, the Lord, it ends by saying, the Lord told her to ask for whatever she desired, and Mary immediately beseeched him at three and a half years old with burning fervor to send the Redeemer to the world. Oh, my. So she had been praying for the Redeemer, like you at were just age. saying, Brad, you know, at that age, all night, every night for that. Um,
0: so, in essence, she was praying that God the Father would send the Redeemer. Mm-hmm. And and he he is sending the Redeemer, the Savior of the world, to dwell in her. She right. becomes the Ark of the Covenant. Not <laughs> only so.
2: answering her prayer, but saying, and he's going to come through you.
1: Yeah. And how does Mary come to us? Or excuse me, how does Jesus come to us through Mary? So, what would be the will of God to come to Jesus? Who would you go through? Right. And that leads us into the consecration with Christopher lit the fire for us here
2: yeah you're right jesus came to us through mary and we should go to him through mary um it says the other things that she asked for so it says uh that mary immediately beseeched our lord with burning fervor to send the redeemer to the world so that all men might know him to bless her parents with grace and to console the poor and afflicted in their troubles and that gave me some consolation because i thought she's praying for us Right? The poor and the afflicted in their troubles. So she's been praying for us since she was three and a half.
0: So we're more than 2,000 years.
2: Isn't that awesome?
0: Christopher, you sent something out by email today on the presentation. What's part of your passion yeah. all of that?
2: Yeah, I
3: think uh, this kind of coincides and compliments what Colleen has been talking about. Um, Colleen presented something from Approved. Apparition and from the mystics and there's great this great, uh, this great um, edification for us to hear uh, What uh, was revealed to these saints that are of great rep- repute like blessed? Catherine Emmerich and and st. Mary of Agrita. Um What I sent out was on tradition and mm-hmm. uh, basically um, It's along the same lines. Our Lady was a uh, St. Anne and St. Joachim had uh, struggled having uh, a child, and eventually they were given uh, Our Lady, and uh, they consecrated and gave her to the temple at age three, and she was raised there until she was 12. And at that point, um, she was given to St. Joseph as her guardian, according to the tradition. And that uh, brings out another mystery that we've, uh, that would add to what our discussion is this idea that she's uh, a perpetual virgin that she um, uh, I think if you if you add what Colleen was suggesting to what the fathers say um, we really see a, a young lady a young woman who was really formed to receive uh second person of the Blessed Trinity into her into her body and become the mother of God she was really you can really see the preparation that and how God really uh, led her to the vocation that she would be invited to take when the angel Gabriel came
2: and and um, her great her great humility I mean to want to do all that stuff and and when she she went there The the priest told her that she would not have to join the poorer girls in washing the blood-stained robes of the sacrificers, Mm. but Mary unhesitatingly replied that she would be willing to do that work if she were thought worthy. I mean, the humility of her comes through, Um, and and that we know is you know kind of her greatest attribute is her humility.
3: It's what defeated the pride of Satan.
1: Exactly. That's what God loved yeah. most in her.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Even in the, uh, the, uh, there's a Netflix uh, documentary called The Devil and Father Gabriel Morth. I don't know if you all have seen it, but there's at one point, it's a live uh, recording of a exorcism of a woman who was possessed. And at one point, he just uh, falls back and says the words of Our Lady, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and there's no more powerful words that can defeat Satan there's no more powerful words that we can say when we feel troubled by the devil whether it's through temptation or if he's just trying to harass us
0: what can we learn from Joachim and Anna who are Saint down who are uh, not blessed with children they pray and they pray and they pray to have a child, and they make a vow that if you give us a child, we're going to take her to the temple. Isn't that that a...
2: Can you imagine that? You want a child for so long, and you beg God for a child, and when he gives you a child, you give that child back. I mean, sometimes that just blows my mind. Well, Hannah did the same thing, right, with Samuel. With
0: Samuel, the Nazarite.
2: But... A lot of people give lip service to, these children are really gods. But, I mean, they prayed for so long, and after only having her three and a half years with them, sent her to the temple.
0: Yeah, in a oh. lot of ways, the way Zachariah and Elizabeth did with St. John the Baptist. Mm-hmm.
1: And Mary herself, she mm-hmm. knew that the crucifix was coming, and she lived with that sorrow her whole life. But she offered it for God because she knew that would bring redemption.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there you are. That's that's about um, what the presentation is. If you didn't know before, the presentation of Mary distinct from the presentation of our Blessed Lord.
2: Well, and you know, there's a local connection here because the presentation sisters, their name is the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, up there on Mount Loretta. Oh, sure No, no, it is. No, 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 on Carter. Carter. So that's, they're named after this event. Mm-hmm. Um, their name, the presentation is not after jesus presentation it's after the blessed mother's presentation yes so it's a little local connection
0: very nice that's the mother house there
2: mm-hmm.
0: well we've got a couple minutes before the break christopher let's pivot to why we're here total consecration to jesus through mary with saint louis de Montfort, and you and bishop Athanasius schneider found the the uh, confraternity here. Give, give us three minutes on on that background before the break here, please.
3: Sure. So, uh, it all started. We had made the consecration. Uh, a few of us, um, lay people, and we um, in May the thirteenth of twenty twenty. And uh, I'd made the consecration many times before, but it there was a special grace in this particular time because I had read the book. True Devotion simultaneously, and also was teaching it to some of the people um, that were doing the consecration with, and we just after we were done, we're like, "What's next?" You know, like what there was it, it it wasn't enough just to um, embrace the consecration. Like we were fully embracing the consecration, like in a, in a deeper way, and if you make it the consecration while reading the book True Devotion itself. And you really plumb the depths of what St. Louis de Montfort is talking about, to be a slave of love, of Jesus and Mary, and to give her everything, all that you have possess, all the merits of your actions, past, present, and future, your life, death, and eternity. You have nothing left. Even your Hail Marys, your rosaries are given to Our Lady. They're not yours anymore. You're giving them to her. Uh, Those flowers every time you pray the rosary are her flowers now to dispose what she thinks is best and it's a very liberating thing and it it all started from there Um, we started the confraternity with Bishop Schneider that was the response to the consecration, and it quickly became an international organization very strong in the Philippines and also growing in the United States among traditional Latin mass communities and uh, people um, uh, want to, they they know who our lady is, but when they find out about what the consecration is, and they learn deeper who our lady really is, um, they really want to give her everything. and it makes sense that we give her everything because when we do the consecration, we're only doing what the what the Trinity uh, themselves did, like the father, submitted his divinity to our lady and he places his omnipotent power at her fingertips and he receives according to Saint Louis de Moffort and I agree he receives her every request because her will is so united to the will and so perfectly conformed with the will with the divine will it's almost as if it's one will the will of Jesus and Mary are so united that God the Father receives her requests as if it's a command.
0: Wow, Christopher, is so, yeah. that is incredible. We're up against the clock on break number one. Christopher, this is okay. the uh, chatter with Christopher Wendt. When we come back, Christopher, I'd like to pick up on this because you just you just opened a, a great big can of Mariology here. The The... The will of God the Father is, is uh, in union with the will of Mary. That, that is incredible here. You're listening to The Chatter. Christopher Went on episode 67 on FM 98.3 KCRD. In the studio, Colleen, I don't know if we should take breaks here. Christopher keeps going and going. And, and,
2: I know, uh, we, I know. We're, we're
0: not recording. So.
2: It's good stuff, and, and I want to interrupt, and then I don't, because he keeps saying more good stuff. So
0: so we're going to get back on track, re-engage. <laughs> Christopher, you blew me and a bunch of people away. Brad, how was it said, uh, the will of God the Father? Go down that road, please. Yeah,
1: so, and I learned this from Christopher, but so... Some theologians talk about Mary as commanding God, which is something that is a challenge when you think through, you know, omnipotence being commanded by someone. But it's because their wills are so aligned that whatever she asks for, he already wants to grant it. Mm -hmm. And we actually see this in scripture when uh, she approaches Jesus at the wedding feast of Cana Mm -hmm. and says, hey, they're out of wine. Go make more wine. He says, "Woman, it's not my time." And what does she do? She immediately turns around and says, "Do whatever he tells you." Mm-hmm. So, the the surface it looks like Jesus is saying, "I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. And Mary said, "Well, I asked him to." So, mm-hmm. he's going to do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: "What say
3: you, Christopher?" The assum- yeah, the assumption, I mean, it's biblical. What I'm saying is biblical and it's very it's very um it's very radical and, and frankly it's been kind of lost. There's a there's kind of a a anemia a uh, a a kind of Mary Marian minimalism really makes our lady out to be just a model disciple or a mother of the church and that's a very anemic view of Our Lady Our Lady is why is that powerful woman Uh, because because okay so she's a model disciple fine but but what about mother of God what about her what about omnipotence at her fingertips you know like God we don't really hear about these things and, and, and and a lot of this the Catholic Our Catholic faith about Our Lady has been lost in the United States because of of the heresy of modernism Infecting the entire church when you go back and you read the tradition what we believe for 2,000 years We find a different story a a much a a much nobler queen that has an empire at her fingertips Everything that is Jesus His whole entire kingdom all the angels and saints everything is he placed at her disposal to, to work out the salvation of, of all of humanity. Now, and that kind of leads me...
2: Go ahead. Yeah,
3: that leads me to uh, the second person of the Blessed Trinity who also consecrated himself to Our Lady. He, he placed his entire divinity into her and, and it passed his entire divinity passed through her uh, cooperation with the Holy Ghost and she became the mother of God. The mother of the god man and and he submitted himself as a speechless babe all the way past the um, finding in the temple all the way to his age of 30 he submitted himself in a silent um, consecration he submitted himself to her and then it wasn't until her at the wedding feast of cana as mark was alluding to earlier where she uh, kicked off so to speak his public ministry and and the the next phase of the work of redemption.
1: Well, we read in the Baltimore... Oh, oh. sorry. I thought you were done, Christopher.
3: No, no, I was just taking a breath. And so um, the second person of the Blessed Trinity also uh, consecrated and submitted himself to Our Lady. And finally, the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit, um, uh, submitted himself, his divinity to Our Lady, overshadowed her, And his shadow never left her. And he has only chosen to work through her. So that he chooses to be fruitful. He doesn't have to. He didn't have to do it this way. None of them did. Have to have to go this way. But he chose to do it this way. This was his plan from all eternity. And our lady cooperated with this plan. And so the Holy Ghost has chosen to only be fruitful through our lady. And she that's why she is the mediatrix of all graces. And all grace all grace of conversion, all sacramental grace, all actual grace, every grace that is anywhere um, passes through the fingers, the virginal hands of Our Lady.
2: I've heard, I forget which saint it was, they said that, you know, Jesus that is the head of the body, but Mary is like the neck. Everything that comes from Jesus comes through her to the rest of the body. And I really like that analogy.
1: Well, there's theologians that talk about it comes out of the franciscan school but the that adam and eve you know adam was like a mediator for all of creation he was the and eve was his wife made from his rib and she became a mediator between creation and adam and we see that now in the new adam and the new eve and that's where that parallel gets interesting because um mary takes us to jesus so jesus is the mediator he's the prime mediator the primary She's a relative mediator, but relative to him. So he mediates for us to God the Father, and he prefers that we go through Mary to come to him.
2: Mm -hmm. We're just reading in um, St. Alphonsus Ligori's book on prayer, The Great Means of Salvation, that Christ is the mediator with God, uh, the mediator of justice with God, but Mary is the mediator of grace with Jesus. And I thought, ooh, I like that. Well, on right.
1: the mother of mercy. And then if you think, I was, when I interrupted you before, I was thinking of the Baltimore Catechism where it tells us mm-hmm. she is the uh, source of his humanity. Well, his humanity and divinity is in the Eucharist. So without Mary and the Holy Spirit, there is no Eucharist. But then, what ha- where did he? He spent time in her womb. So as we receive and become the body of Jesus, the mystical body, who becomes our mother?
3: It's great. Uh, St. Louis de Montfort in the True Devotion says that it's more humble to go through a mediatrix to a mediator. Certainly, there's no doubt that the sacred heart of Jesus and the divine mercy, uh, Jesus loves us so much. And that we we really only, there really is only one mediator between God and man. There's only one uh, God-man that can merit the initial grace of salvation jesus christ was the only one that could merit it but once he did merit it he and we were baptized into his death we were able to also merit and work out our salvation and work towards our salvation and store up our treasures in heaven but it's more humble we know who we are we are sinful people our best actions we can find self uh, love in there it's very true even in the apostolate, you can find uh, little pockets of pride, little pockets of selfishness or self-will or self-interest in there. Even go
0: go in, deeper on that, Christopher, uh, that concept that it is more humble on our part to go through the mediatrix Mary to Jesus. What, why yeah, it's, why it's, is because, that?
3: Because for many reasons, because God, Jesus is still God. He's a God-man, but he's still God. And we're we're imperfect and sinful people. Um, and we our best intentions, if we are honest, are tainted with self-love, pride, etc. And so when we go to Jesus through Mary, Mary takes... Here's the best analogy, and I'll explain. St. Louis de Montfort gives in the True Devotion this story of a farmer he's got this apple that he he's so proud of the of his apple it's the best apple in his orchard and he wants to give it to the king and he could he could give it to the king he could try to approach the king and give him the apple but what if he gave the apple uh, to the queen and the queen took the apple um put it on a golden platter and put her touch on it and, and then presented it with a smile to the king that would add a, a layers of perfection on that apple to where the king would be 100% completely satisfied with it. And so when we go to Jesus through Mary, Mary takes our—because we, we, it's more humble, because we know who we are, we, we're we going to say, I know who I am. And so it's better that I go to through Our Lady for her to take my best offering— and then hand it on to Jesus, she will perfect it and make it so pleasing because everything she does is so pleasing to the Father that he's so delighted in it and, and just captivated by it that, that if he will, we will, we will um, it'll have her stamp on what we do and it'll be perfected.
0: So what I think I hear you saying, Christopher, if I'm putting words in your mouth, is that our, fallen nature by way of original sin, even though baptism removes that. we're, We're still broken in our humanity, but Mary in her immaculate humanity, her immaculate conception, ever virgin, perpetually sinless, makes an infinitely better impression by presenting our needs, wants, and desires our thanksgivings to our blessed Lord, and that our blessed Trinity looks upon those petitions and contritions, all of the prayers of Thanksgiving, with such great great admiration because they come from us through her to the Trinity, is that what you're saying?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he receives it in a different way than had we gone just directly to jesus yeah, exactly right she perfects it
2: and we hear that in her prayer of the magnificat right my soul magnifies the lord so elizabeth gave mary some words of praise who am i that you know the mother of my lord should come to me so she gives mary you know a little bit of praise there calling her the mother of my lord and mary instantly says, my soul magnifies the Lord. She instantly turns and focuses on God. And we know that a magnifying glass can intensify our prayers and purify them. And I don't know about any of you guys, but my prayers could use intensifying and purifying. I want to go through her.
1: Well, you're talking about, too. I mean, that, that highlights the power of the rosary because we're always praying for, you know, some po- political issue or or our families. or But what's the real... The real value in it is that it works on improving you.
0: I'm just trying to find out mm-hmm. where I left my gloves. Mary
1: improves <laughs> your soul as you use that. And I, I, I've lived it. I mean, I, I started praying the rosary before I came back to the faith. And as you were just saying there, what does she always do? She points you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. She pointed me to confession. She pointed me back to the faith of my youth. and
0: i got to break this down to um, a level of... I'm, I'm picturing someone, Colleen, who's just tuning in, and they heard us speak. That says that Mary perfects our prayers of petition, all of our our prayers, because it's more perfect. Christopher, you're saying that there, there's two things that are going through my mind. One, people are saying, first, these Catholics wanted me to go to confession. To a man, a priest, rather than going right to Jesus and confessing my sins. Now, these are the same guys that want me to go to that woman named Mary and give her all of my prayers. This is—I knew they were nuts. I knew these Catholics were nuts. What say you, Christopher?
3: Went? Sure, I will go to the Bible, and um, I, uh, we we see when uh, Saint Elizabeth went to visit. When Mary went to visit Elizabeth, Mary spoke, and when she spoke, power came from her uh, to through it was her voice that and the grace that came out of her voice that was passing Jesus' grace through her voice to Elizabeth, and it was heard by Saint John the Baptist, Saint John the Baptist in the womb of Saint Elizabeth, and so. Our Lady uh, is was Jesus chose Our Lady to um, to be the vessel of how He was going to work redemption, and so to, to make Our Lady just this incubator, this one time deal where we bring her out for Christmas, and not this continual. Uh, she, she she did
0: you just call her Mary the incubator at Christmas, Christopher? I think that's what you just said.
3: That's what that's what some people perceive her to be. But what I would say is that she uh, is the mother of God, and that that role uh, is longer is more than just on Christmas Day. That she um, she, for example, when she's visiting Elizabeth, is actually communicating grace through her voice that is heard wow. by a baby inside the womb of Saint Elizabeth, and so uh, that's biblical. So we so our separated. Uh, brothers can see that they can see her at the wedding feast of Cana can- command, so to speak, our Lord lead his uh, lead his uh, be the prime mover of his his public ministry. They can see Jesus refer to him as, refer to her as the woman when when he was standing when he was hanging from the cross. Um, he said, "Woman." Behold your son, son, behold your mother. It's at that moment, wherever he refers to uh, his mother as woman, he's referring to her as his inseparable collaborator in the work of salvation of the human race. God chose her to work in collaboration with him for the salvation. Even though he's the one mediator, he, he allows all of us to participate in that. And that's biblical as well because... Saint Paul says, "I make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Jesus Christ." Jesus, our God, is so humble that He allows us to participate in the work of redemption and to help bring it about. Our Lady participated in that in a special way um, as the woman. And when He, at on the cross, He gave Our Lady to all to all the baptized. And it's at that moment when we're baptized that Our Lady becomes our mother. It's a fact. Uh, of um that we can look back and say i was baptized therefore our lady is my mother and and um as mother uh, she forms uh the virtues in us She, she forms christ in us and and this is all um part of tradition this is all lost um by a lot of the the heresies of modernism today and and um I can just say, again, to, to answer your question, uh, that um, a lot of what I'm saying today is very biblical. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can see it in the Bible. We just have to open our eyes and, and, and not have a, um, a bias. We need to, to be open mm-hmm. to what uh, the Holy Spirit is going to say to us in the Bible.
2: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I thought of earlier when you talked about how our understanding of Mary is kind of anemic um, I was going to ask you at that time about our separated brethren, um, the Protestants, mm-hmm. and um, and I wondered if maybe our teaching on Mary has kind of been watered down so as not to offend um, the Protestants, or to as a sense of a false sense of ecumenism um, of yeah, ignoring her because you know that she is a difference between us.
3: Yeah, that's a sad. Um, that's a sad fact of inside the church, um, as we know, uh, there's a kind of a our separated brethren, the the Protestants really don't uh, understand the Catholic viewpoint, and they they just uh, see her around Christmas time, and that's about all that they uh, want want to really uh, want to see. Um, they, mm-hmm. just really to the, they just really need to open. They just really need to. Be open and ask the Holy Spirit to help them to read some of these other passages, especially in Luke's Gospel. But that being said, um, even in the Second Vatican Council, which was a, a council of the Church, um, there was a, a big debate about Our Lady, a huge debate, whether we should have a special uh, document on Our Lady or whether we should put her as a chapter, um, as a kind of as an afterthought in uh, the Dogmatic Constitution. On the church, and 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 unfortunately, that went out, and they didn't really, uh, they really wanted to speak of her just as, a model disciple, as mother of the church, and they really, didn't pursue. They did mention a few titles, but, of her in passing, but they really didn't explore, or pursue, uh, the full Catholic sense of what we believe for two thousand years of who, mm-hmm. Our Lady, the Mother of God, is, mm-hmm. and and we do we really deny the faith but in the ecumenism it's a false ecumenism that says i need to just sweep mary under the rug or hide mary or or downplay the catholic sense and what we believe is catholics about our lady so it's not to offend we're never going to find a unity that's a false ecumenism we're never going to find a unity by hiding what is different and even Mm -hmm. cardinal Ratzinger. I can't remember which book it's in but it said that, that, let's, that let's hold that
0: thought here uh, Christopher I need to hold you over for uh, segment number 3 that is some great okay. items Christopher went from our Lady of Fatima the confraternity of our Lady of Fatima will be back for segment 3 right after this Back in the house. This is a great addition. This is going to uh, kick Advent off, Colleen. It is. So we're recording on Monday, the twenty-first, which is the presentation of Mary in the temple. Mm-hmm. And um, happy New Year! Yes, happy right. New Year!
2: And the first Sunday of Advent is our New Year, isn't it?
0: So, Christopher, this is going to air on on uh, Saturday, the twenty-sixth, uh, and then Sunday, the twenty-seventh. And then again on Friday, December 2nd, uh, and, and it's going to live forever on the mobile app. We've got podcast with uh, with the chatter. That was some great, great items. Colleen, let's remind everybody that we're smack dab in the middle of the total consecration to Jesus through Mary. It's a 33-day 33 33 day method of prayer and meditation according to your favorite guy, mm-hmm. St. Louis. St.
2: Louis de Montfort, yep. And it'll end on December 7th, and then the feast the next day is the Immaculate Conception. So for all of those doing the consecration this time, think of a little gift that you'd like to give Our Lady on her feast day of the Immaculate Conception.
0: Speaking of little gifts, I just got confirmation this morning, on the 21st day of November, that we have another couple hundred books, consecration books. You've seen them around town in the churches and the parishes. It's, it's a half-page paperback, a blue leatherite cover, and we're, we're giving these away at, at cost. That's, mm-hmm. That sounds like a my oxymoron. We're giving them away. But as Mother Angelica said, salvation is free, but it isn't cheap.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is the suggested donation. If you need some, uh, two ways, info at kcrd-fm.org. Info at kcrd-fm.org. If you want to leave a voicemail and say hi, 563-231-3545, 231-3545, and say, Colleen, I'd like one of your books.
2: Well, and you know, the nice thing about that book is you use it every time. It's not like you read it once and you put it on the shelf. The next time the consecration comes around, you pull it back down.
0: Speaking of that, so this one will end on the seventh. We mm-hmm. consecrate on the eighth. Mm-hmm. You've got it. What's the next day? I'm putting you on the
2: on the. You are on the list. Have we decided here. what our next yeah one's we did at be? the did board we?
0: meeting February
1: second, right? The presentation oh,
2: in for the temple. Th- oh, and the purification th- of Mary. I think that's, I think that's the one. Yeah. Is this? Oh, does this make see. sense? Yep, the presentation of our Lord, which would be February second, Candlemas. So it would start on New Year's Eve. That's kind of a nice a way to new start a up a, yeah. right? calendar new year. Yeah. I think you can say this consecration while you drink a glass of champagne on New Year's. Absolutely,
1: year. just do it in moderation.
2: In moderation.
0: May Very good. Old acquaintance be forgotten.
1: So since we're talking about the Immaculate Conception, there's a lot of really great theology I've been reading lately on that and you'll see it in the Bellowing Ox, we put an article in there about it, but one neat thing, we're going back to this being biblical teaching about Mary. If you look at the Greek of when uh, Gabriel approaches Mary and says, hail, full of grace, that full of grace, I believe, is a perfect participle. It's a past tense, but it basically means having been completed in grace. So mm-hmm. the Immaculate Conception, and this goes back to Mother Mary's humility. She, we barely hear from her, we don't hear much about her, but this the Immaculate Conception is buried in scripture. If you know the the Greek language, you will find that he's talking about the Immaculate Conception at that moment.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I knew he was going to bring up past participles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're kind of rusty on our past participles. We've aren't got we?
0: Brad Markham, the Greater, on one end, and Christopher Wendt on the other. Do you ever feel totally inadequate? Well, Colleen? that's why he's called the Greater.
2: Yes. So I wouldn't ed- know a past participle if it hit me in anyway.
1: I was just going to say the other thing is we were talking on the break that one of the things Christopher presented on when he was here was this age of Mary and going through the history of Catholic prophecy and basically doing a aggregate or a summary. And there's a lot of talk about a Holy Pope, a Holy Roman emperor and an age of peace or an age of Mary. So blessed Bartholomew, uh, what was he? 18th century, something like that. Um, 1600s. 1600. So 17th century, uh, he got, I believe it was, messages from the Holy Spirit or, or you know, mystical interpretation of the book of Revelation or the apocalypse. And he was basically told that the seven seals or the seven churches, you'll have to correct me, Christopher, here, were ages of the church. And that beginning at the Protestant revolt um, was the fifth age, which is an age of minor chastisement. And I know... Many of us are living through some... We are all living through a very harrowing time, and I've got several friends that are saying to me they think it's the end times we're going through, and I've I've always been a, on the page of this is a a type of it. It's not it, but it's a type. And then Christopher shows up in June and talks about these ages and that we're in a minor chastisement. So I'll turn the ball over to you, Christopher, and let you talk about it. But
3: Thank you. Yeah, so I'll speak about... Venerable Bartholomew Holzhauser and his concept of the ages of the church, and then I'll tie it. Uh, it'll basically, we'll talk about where we are now uh, in Catholic prophecy and where we're going. And also tie it to the consecration of why you must, you must consecrate yourself to Our Lady. Uh, so we live, uh, according to Bartholomew Holzhauser. we are in the fifth age of the church. That age began in 1517 when, Bartholo- when um, Martin Luther, began the Protestant revolution in the church and really unleashed a lot of heresy. Destroyed the sacramental life of the church, attacked the papacy, etc. That started a process and we're reaching the apex of that process now. We're still in the fifth age of the church, it's an age of chastisement. God is punishing the world for its crimes and sins. As Saint Augustine says, "God God is perfect justice. It, with human souls that have an eternity uh, his justice can be fulfilled in um, in eternity and time but in the in the realm of states and political entities they don't have immortal souls and so God's justice is brought about in in time and so as a people when you when you murder 65 million babies God's justice God is either just or he's not just and so the United States has to pay uh, for its crimes as a, as a people. It doesn't have an immortal soul to be punished in the afterlife. And so uh, Our Lady came in Fatima to try to mitigate the, 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 the punishment that God, uh, uh, by justice, has to bring about the world. And she said "If you consec- that Russia will be the, the, um, the chastiser of the nations, Russia will be used. Uh, to to punish the world. Uh, But if um, men stop sinning, uh, World War II will be and we consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and people uh, do the first Saturdays and we stop sinning uh, stop offending our Lord then um, World War II would not have happened. and That was directed towards Pope Pius XI. If, um, If that doesn't happen then Russia will continue and her errors will spread throughout the world. And that was conditional, and it happened. It came to pass. The next one is the annihilation of nations. And that's a real threat to us right now because uh, we are going deeper and deeper into sin with uh, the transgenderism, this Luciferian idea that you can, you can design your, your own gender, that you are your own creation. That's so Luciferian and so hostile to God as a creator. And it cries out and all the uh, homo- the sin of homosexuality cries out to god for justice and 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 uh, and we we keep our going down this path of the satanic revolution and um and the threat for us is the annihilation of nations which has been prophesied by many approved catholic prophecies and even when sister lucia wrote down the third secret which took her many days because she she was physically unable to write the third secret down um, she has this vision it's a beautiful vision at the end but it's it's horrific that 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 the nations the waters will 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 move out of their bounds and, and hit the land that the winds will pick up houses people and blenderize them and and all this destruction will happen of life and, and property and everything. But at the end she has this beautiful um, inward uh, voice. that says to her, one faith, Catholic and Apostolic. One faith, one Baptist or something like that, I don't have it in front of me. Catholic and Apostolic, one church and, and um, it's just a beautiful, this notion of the sixth age of the church that that, that humanity will face. We are not at the end of the world. We are in the minor chastisement. After the minor minor chastisement, Our Lady's immaculate heart will triumph. It is the will of Jesus Christ that the heart of his mother will triumph. And this triumph is not going to be an inward spiritual triumph. The triumph is going to be a cultural, social, political, global triumph. How do I know that? Because Our Lady was speaking about social, political uh, ideas Russia would spread her errors, and this age of peace is not going to be the absence of war or the balance of power but it's going to be a triumph of the Catholic faith uh, throughout the world and it will set the stage for some things that need to happen and I can explain this to our separated brothers that there are some things that they know biblically need to happen before the end of the world one is that uh, that the rest of the Gentiles need to be evangelized and there are some Places, for example, China, where the gospel has not penetrated. Other countries, um, Thailand, for example, have not been penetrated by the gospel. Once they're evangelized, then we know biblically, according to St. Paul, that the, that the Jews need to be evangelized. And then the man of perdition will rise upon the scene. So this age of Mary, this, this um, golden age, will be a cultural, political triumph of Our Lady and of the Church. And in that time, it's been prophesied for the last thousand years by many approved Catholic prophecies that there will, there will that there will be a holy council where new beliefs will be taught and clarified. That there will be a holy pope. That there will be a monarch, a king, um, that will come to power and um, and bring order. and And uh, this will last for a time. How long we don't know. It could be. Um, generations it could be a hundred years but it'll be a time and then people as they always do will lose their faith they will be spoiled they will forget uh, the chastisement and then the man of perdition this single man this human man who's in league with Satan will rise on the scene um, the Antichrist and he will um, that will bring about the seventh age of the church I say all this not to scare you but I say all this, uh, to give you great hope that um, that that, there will, that our Lady will triumph, and that this has been spoken about and thought about for a thousand years um, through various Catholic prophecy. I say this too: that you really need to make the consecration. You need to protect yourself. We are always one step away from committing mortal sin, even if we haven't committed mortal sin for 30 years or whatever because we've been living in the grace of Our Lady, and we trust in her for everything, and we've given her everything. We, we only are, are faithful because we give ourselves to her. So, Christopher, allows. can you tell yes. us
2: how to, how to um, how, when we consecrate ourselves to Mary, how that will give us um, a, a level of protection in the age to come?
3: Yeah, we have some historical examples. For example, Our Lady spoke to Sister Lucia and told that the bishops of Portugal to consecrate themselves to our lady. Hmm. And they did as a body of bishops and you hmm. know what happened? Hmm. They were spared the the World War 2. Well, they that is true.
2: Portugal is not in World War 2, that's right. right. Right.
3: Yeah. And so um, I I personally believe and this is my opinion that if dioceses or families consecrate themselves to our lady, they will experience a protection. Does that mean uh, that they won't be killed in this f- final chastisement? I can't say that. But what I can say is You'll be prepared for your death either way. And if you're called to suffer for the true faith of Jesus Christ, you'll have what you need. You'll have Mary in you, being faithful in you. We cannot be faithful by ourselves. We need her. Jesus says, store up your treasure in heaven. But it is Our Lady. When we give everything to her, she protects the the treasures that we're storing up for our salvation and keeps them safe uh, so that we don't, we don't lose them. If we rely on ourselves... Um, we, we will probably fail. And so um, that's how I think uh, we'll either be protected by the consecration or we'll be prepared for uh, a chastisement that we'll have to suffer and greater, greater suffering. And there's no doubt that um, uh, things that have happened in, since COVID and on, and even since uh, the current pontificate and, and even today, you know, this, what's happening, there's such hatred for the true faith, everywhere Mm -hmm. and and satan like in 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 schools in california they have these satanic clubs where they introduce people into the satan as a hero you know there's there's no doubt oh yeah we We have that that club down
2: uh an hour south of here in moline illinois we've talked about that before in pennsylvania uh, they're springing up around the country
1: so that's that's a good segue into you know what are we on day 17 right now Dubuque join us let's put Mary's mantle over our region of the country here join us in doing this start on day 17 and Mm -hmm. then join us on new year's eve when Mm -hmm. we start again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
3: Christopher we're
0: just about out of time in segment three we we're going to have to get you back and oh yeah uh, and and talk further about this I know Brad you and I have had Christopher one-on-one and For an hour or more each cup of coffee, and it's uh, it's it's a different topic. There's a there's some
1: topics. You know, there's nothing more enjoyable than waxing about Our Lady, Mm -hmm. just singing her praises. So, Mm -hmm. especially with someone as knowledgeable as Christopher. Mm -hmm.
0: Christopher, you don't happen to have the uh, consecration book with you, do you?
3: I do. I'm ready.
0: Let's go to page one ninety eight, guys, and just. Let's close with that daily consecration to Mary. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody on, got the page. In the name of the yeah. Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Mary,
3: my, my Queen, my, queen, my, my mother, mother, my Mother, I, I give myself, myself entirely, entirely to, thee, to, thee, to Thee and, and to, to show, show my, my, devotion my devotion to Thee, I, I consecrate, consecrate to Thee, to thee this, this day. my eyes, my 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 ears, 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 my my mouth, mouth, my my heart, heart, my 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 whole being being without without reserve, reserve. wherefore, Wherefore, good good mother, mother, as as I I am am thine thine own, keep Keep me, me, guard guard me, me as 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 thy
0: property property
2: and and possession. possession, amen.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That prayer is one of many prayers, Colleen, in these beautiful books. And we've got a couple hundred of them shipping to Dubuque. And we'll ship them out to you. Info at kcrd-fm.org, 563-231-3545 for your copy of the book. You're listening to The Chatter. Christopher Went from Our Lady of Fatima, the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima. Christopher, you're coming back. We had too Thank much you. to talk about. forward to it. Episode 67 comes to an end. Tune in again next week. We love you.